maybe just review a few, a few things we already know, or to uh, learn some things maybe we don't know. And Father, we love you, Lord, so much. In your precious name I pray. Amen. Okay, well, we're there in John chapter number 16, and I want to just focus in on a few verses in John 16, and I want to just give a Bible study or just a, a, a few points of this passage uh, uh, in regards to a certain subject. Look at verse 5, John 16, 5. The Bible says, But now I go my way to him that sent me. And none of you ask of me whether thou goest. But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow hath filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. So the Bible says that Jesus, uh, Jesus is preparing his disciples and he's explaining to them that he's getting ready to go. He's going to leave. And when he goes, and he's not necessarily preparing them so much for the fact that he's going to die the next day, um, you know, as we've already mentioned before, but he's really preparing them for the fact that he's going to uh, leave and ascend up to heaven uh, for good. And he's going to send what he refers to as the Comforter. And he says, um, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Now that word expedient there, it means conductive to advantage or interest. As opposed to right. He, he, he's saying it is expedient. He said it's in your best interest for you that I go away. He said because when I go away, the Comforter will come unto you. And that's really what I want to talk about tonight is the Comforter. Because Jesus teaches on the subject of the Comforter throughout John 16, and I just want to show you a few things, and it doesn't have to take a long time, we can just look at a few verses real quickly. Point number one is this, I want to show you the ministry of the Comforter to the world. Now the Comforter is the Holy Spirit, the Comforter is the Holy Ghost, that's what the Bible says in John 14, and we'll look at it in a little bit. But um, the Comforter is the Holy Spirit, that's what the Comforter is. And I want to show you the ministry of the Comforter to the world. When I say the world, I mean the unsaved. Those who are not Christians. If you look at verse 8, John 16, 8, the Bible says, And when He has come, He will reprove the world of sin, and of righteousness, and of judgment. Now that word there, reprove, means to criticize or to correct. It really means to correct. And God says, the Bible says that the Comforter, what He's going to do, is that He's going to come and He will reprove or He will correct the world of these things, sin, and of righteousness, and of judgment. Now most uh, independent, fundamental Baptists, uh, you know, my whole life growing up, I've heard them say something in regards to this. They'll say uh, that the Holy Spirit's job is to convict you of sin. But the truth of the matter is that the, the Bible says that the Comforter was going to come not in order to uh, convict the world of sin, but to reprove the world of sin. The, the, the word convict there in regards to the comforter is not found in, uh, in the Bible. You know, all, all these Baptists, all these churches say, oh, you've got to get convicted of that sin. You've got to get convicted of the sin. But the truth of the matter is that conviction uh, is, not really, is not found in the Bible in regards to, um, to the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit is going to reprove us of sin. Because reprove means to be corrected. It means somebody teaches you and corrects you and shows you that you're doing something wrong. Convict means that you know, you're made to feel guilty about sin. And it really goes hand in hand with um, it goes hand in hand with the idea of uh, like the repentance where they'll say something like you know you got to feel bad about your sin or you got to feel bad about um, what you've done. But the Bible doesn't teach that. In fact the only time the word convict uh, is uh, found in the Bible is 
We looked at it earlier in the series in John when the, 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 woman, when the, the woman in adultery was brought to Jesus. Do you remember that story? And they were um, going to stone her and they asked him and they asked Jesus, you know, if they should stone her. And, and we preached that whole story. But if you remember when Jesus said, He who had sinned, let him cast the first stone. The Bible says that they being convicted of their own conscience. You know, they got convicted but by their own mind, by themselves. They felt guilty about it. It wasn't the work of the Holy Spirit. So when a pastor says, oh, you got to get convicted about this sin, or a preacher says, you know, that's not a Bible word. And here's the thing, though. The NIV, and let me see, I didn't, I didn't even look at this before I... Uh, before, before right now, but I, I would... I would probably guess that the NIV uses the word convict. John 16... Uh, what verse was it? 7? John 16, 7 says, But I tell you the truth, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go away, I will send him when he comes. He will convict the world of guilt. So see you there, you see there? And I didn't even look at that. That wasn't in my notes. I just thought of that. And, you know, these preachers, they'll, they'll say, you know, the word convict, and it really lets you know what they're studying out of. You know, it's, it's the NIV is the reason they're saying that. Or maybe they're not studying out of the NIV, but they're listening to somebody who's studying out of the NIV. So they'll just say these words, convict. you got to get convicted for your sin. you got to feel guilty for your sin. Um... But the Bible doesn't use that word. The only time the King James Bible used the word convict is when you're saying that they felt they were convicting themselves. They felt guilty themselves. But the Bible uses the word reprove. The word reprove means to correct. So the Bible says in verse 8, John 16, 8, And when He has come, He will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Look at verse 9. He explains why these three things. He says, Of sin, because they believe not on me. So he says, I'm going to reprove them of sin because they believe not on me. So if you understand that, you would understand this. People do not believe that they need a Savior until they realize that they need saving. You know, people don't, you know, you ask people, you go out door knocking or soul winning and you talk to people, ask them if you know they're going to heaven, they'll say, they think they're going to heaven. You ask them, how do you know that? They'll say, well, because I'm a good person. Because I haven't really done anything bad. And, and they don't realize that they're a sinner is a problem. They, or they don't, they don't realize that, you know, they understand they're not perfect, but they don't think they've ever really done anything that bad. And they don't realize that they're a sinner and then they don't feel like they need a Savior. They don't feel like they need to believe on Jesus Christ. But the Bible says that the Holy Ghost or the Comforter is going to uh, reprove the world of sin because they believe not on me. So when He corrects the world in regards to sin, then they might believe on Jesus because they might realize, whoa, I'm a sinner. And they might realize that they need a Savior so they'll believe on Jesus Christ. Verse 10, He says, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. So there, you know, God is trying to tell us, hey, look, Jesus is trying to say, he, He's leaving, and He's going to reprove the world in regards to righteousness, because again, no one's righteous. And people need to live more righteousness, and people need to understand that they don't attain to righteousness. And He says enough judgment, because the prince of this world is judge. And he, again, all of these really have to do with each other. He's reproving the world in regards to judgment, because there is a day of judgment coming. And you know, and he says, the, because the prince of this world is judged, the prince of this world is uh, Satan. And he's saying, you know, don't follow Satan. Uh, he doesn't get away with it either. You know, the Bible says that Satan will be judged. And the Bible says, makes it very clear, that Satan is judged 
and cast into the lake of fire. Before everybody else is judged, before the great white throne judgment, Satan himself is cast into the lake of fire first, before the great white throne judgment. And many people follow after Satan today, and they'll follow after the way of Satan, and they'll do the things that, that the devil wants you to do. And really, they mean, you need to just understand, hey, the prince of this world, one day he himself will be judged. You know, And that's part of the work of the Holy Ghost, of the Comforter. He's going to reprove the world or correct the world in that type of uh, mentality. But look at verse 12, John 16, 12. I said, number one, the ministry was the, the, the ministry of the Comforter to the world. Number two, I want to talk about the ministry of the Comforter to the believer. Look at verse 12, John 16, 12. The ministry of the Comforter to the believer. In verse 12, he said, I have yet many things to say unto you, but ye cannot bear them now. Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you in all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. So he says that the, one of the points, or one of the things that the Spirit is going to do, and the Comfort is going to do, is that he's going to guide you in all truth, is what the Bible says. Rebecca, is there a problem? Why don't you be looking up here, okay? I was that he's going to guide you in all truth, uh, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he says, and he shall show you things to come. Now in John 14, 26, you don't have to turn there, I'll read it for you. But in John 14, 26, the Bible says this, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things, and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. First John 2.27 says this, But the anointing which ye have of him abideth in you. And ye need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teacheth you all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in Him. So you see there again, uh, uh, you know, we read three different passages where the Bible says that the Holy Spirit, His job is to guide you, His job is to teach you, not only that, but His job is to remind you. In John 14, 26 again, says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, He shall teach you all things. We saw that. But then it says, And bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. In John uh, 16.1, if you look at the very first uh, verse in the chapter we're in, John chapter number 16, the Bible says, These things have I spoken unto you, that ye should not be offended. And he says, They shall put you out of the synagogue. Yea, the time cometh that whosoever killeth you will think that he doeth God's service. And these things will they do unto you, because they have not known the Father nor me. But these things have I told you, that when the time shall come, ye may remember. So he's saying, the, what the company is going to do is he's going to teach you, and he's going to cause you to remember things that Jesus has said. Alright, so that's, you, you know, the ministry of the comforter to the believer is to guide you in all truth. And the truth of the matter is this, you know, we've all met people who we've been amazed by how much Bible knowledge they have. Or how much they know, you know, and we, we think, wow, how does that person know so much? And how, you know, and, and, and even I myself, and there's probably some truth to this, but I thought to myself, you know, it's just an, 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 a nature thing, you know, they, they just, they're just naturally smarter. They're just naturally able to retain things, and they are to remember things. But the truth of the matter is that they've got just as much of the Holy Spirit and the Comforter as we've got the Holy Spirit, and there's really ought to be no excuse for us to be, uh, to have a lack of knowledge when it comes to the Bible, because when we come to the Bible, 
we can read it and we can learn it and we can understand it and we don't really need anybody to teach it to us. We don't need anybody to explain it to us. And it's good to have somebody teach it to you. It's good to have somebody explain it to you. But really, you ought to be able to pick up a Bible and read it and learn it and understand it if you have the Holy Ghost because the Bible says, He will guide you in all truth. It says that He's going to teach you the Bible. And He's going to bring to remembrance those things which Jesus said. That brings me to my third point. Is this that the Comforter is very important because not only do we learn from the Comforter, but also God speaks to us through the Comforter. And the Comforter speaks through us through the Word of God. You know, in verse 13 of John 16, He says, Howbeit when the Spirit of truth has come, He will guide you in all truth, for He shall not speak of Himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, is what the Bible says. You know, I've always heard, and I've heard people say this, they'll say, well, the Holy Spirit is not going to speak about himself. He's just going to point people to Jesus. He's just going to speak about Jesus. But really, that's not what that verse is talking about, you know, because um, the Holy Spirit is Jesus. You know, the Holy Spirit is God. And so I think sometimes we forget that, that the Holy Spirit is just as much God as God the Father is God, as, as God the Son is God, uh, God the Holy Spirit is God. So the Holy Spirit is Jesus, He is God. But what He's talking about in verse 13, He's saying, He shall not speak of Himself. That word of means that He's not going to speak for Himself. He's not going to say things, you know, that He just comes up with. You know, people say this, like the Pentecostals like to uh, make statements like, I got a word of knowledge. I heard the Holy Spirit talking to me. And that's just not true. The Bible says that He's not going to speak of Himself. He's not going to say anything new. There's not going to be any new revelation. He's not going to sp- say any words to you that are any different than what the Bible says. Because it says in verse 13, For He shall not speak of Himself, but whatsoever He, the Holy Ghost, the Comforter, shall hear, that shall He speak. So you see what He says? The Holy Ghost is only going to say to you the things that He hears. If He doesn't hear something, then He's not going to say anything to you. you say, well, what is He going to hear? The words of God. The only way that the Holy Spirit is going to be able to speak to you, or teach you, or guide you, or instruct you, is when you pick up a Bible and you read it, and as you read what the Bible says, the Holy Spirit hears what you're reading, and then He's going to guide you in what you're reading. He's going to speak to you out of what He said. So if somebody said to me, I heard the Holy Spirit tell me to do this, I'd say, you know, that's not the Holy Spirit. That may be another spirit. That may be the devil, or a devil speaking to you. But the Bible is very clear that he shall not speak of himself. That means he's not going to be the source. He's not going to come up with something new. He is just, whatever, whatever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive a mind, and shall show it unto you. So there Jesus is saying again, he's going to receive a mind. He's going to take of what I've said, and that's what he's going to show you. And verse 15, he says, And the things that the Father hath are mine, therefore said I... He shall take of mine and shall show it unto you. And in John 14, 26, you have to turn there, but the Bible says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, He shall teach you all things, and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. So Jesus said, Everything I've said unto you, that's what the Comforter is going to teach you, and that's what He's going to bring to your remembrance. He's going to bring to your remembrance whatsoever I've said unto you. And we know that today, to the New Testament believer, Jesus Christ speaks to us through the Bible. And the problem is, you know, people say, I feel like I don't really hear from God. I feel like I, 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 you know, I'm told I have the Holy Spirit, but I don't feel like I ever am spoken to by the Holy Spirit. Well, the problem is, we're probably not being spoken to because Jesus hasn't said anything to you. 
Because he's only going to say what Jesus already said to you, and the only way that Jesus is going to say something to you is if you open up a Bible and read it. So we must make it a vital priority to open the Word of God every day and read it, because as we open the Bible and we read it, then God will be able to, then Jesus will speak to us, and then the Holy Spirit will take those things that Jesus said, and He's going to instruct us, and He's going to teach us, and He's going to explain to us, but the Holy Spirit will never speak to you of Himself. He's going to take those things that Jesus said. He said, well, Jesus hasn't spoken to me. Well, pick up a Bible, and He'll speak to you. Open up the Bible, and and read it, and He'll speak to you. Open up the Word of God and He'll talk to you. You know, we, we, we get so confused with things we ought to do in our lives, but we, we get a lot of things solved in our lives if we just pick up the Bible and read it and allow God to speak through us through His Word. You know, all these Pentecostals want to hear a word from God. If they just open a King James Bible and read it, then they could hear from God uh, because He's going to uh, speak through that. In John chapter number 16 and verse 1, He says, These things have I spoken unto you that you should not be offended. Verse 4, he says, But these things have I told you, that when the time shall come, ye may remember that I told you of them. So he says, I told you these things, and when the time comes, you're going to remember that I told you these things through the ministry of the Comforter. Because he's the one that's going to remind you of everything that Jesus said, according to John 14. So we saw there, point number one, the work of the Comforter in the world. Point number two was the work of the Comforter in the believer. Point number three was how God speaks through us, and God speaks through us through the Comforter who speaks to us through the words of Jesus Christ. And number four, let me show you this. How do we speak to God? And we speak to God through the the Comforter as well. Look at verse 23. John chapter number 16 and verse 23, the Bible says, And in that day... Ye shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, He will give it you. Hitherto ye have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and ye shall receive, that your joy may be full. These things have I spoken unto you in, a, in Proverbs, but that time cometh when I shall no more speak unto you in Proverbs, but I shall show you plainly of the Father. At that day ye shall ask in my name, and I say not unto you, that I will pray the Father for you. So Jesus says that, you know, whatsoever ye shall ask in the Father's name, He will give it you. Now, He doesn't really mention the Comforter in this verse, although He's been talking about it in this whole chapter, but really, we speak, and we when we pray, we pray to God through the Comforter. Let me read for you a few verses in Romans, chapter number 8, in uh, Romans chapter number 8, and verse 26, Romans 8, 26, the Bible says this, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So according to the Bible, the Bible says that the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us. And it says that when we... We know not what we should what we should pray for, but the Spirit, which um, you know, it'll make, it says with groanings which cannot be uttered, it will speak. So what the Spirit does is, the Holy Ghost says we don't know what to pray. You know, we get on our knees to pray, and many times we confuse as to the situation. We don't understand what the right thing is, and, and we don't know what to pray. But what God does, and the Holy Spirit does, is He'll take our prayers, and the Bible says He'll 
transform them. He will change them and He will make them according to the will of God. So really, the Holy Spirit is the, uh, is, is, you know, takes our prayers to God as the intercessor. You say, well, Jesus Christ is the only intercessor. Well, Jesus Christ is the Holy Spirit. You know, so Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, will take the, the, our, our prayers and He will change them. And the Bible makes it very clear at the end of verse 27, according to the will of God. So see, we'll pray, you know, we might want, you know, just an example, we might want this job. And we just think that's, the, that's what I need. I need that job, and that job is going to solve all my problems. And we start praying, God, give me this job. God, give me this job. God, give me this job. Now, God and the Holy Spirit might know that is not the job you need. He might know that might be the worst mistake you'll ever make in your life. So what the Holy Spirit will do is He'll take your prayer, God, give me this job, and then He'll change it according to the will of God, and then He'll present it to God as, God, don't give me this job. <laughs> And really, that's what the Holy Spirit does. He takes our prayers. Let me read it for you again. Romans 8, 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. So that He helps us in our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because He maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So the Bible says He does it with groanings that cannot be uttered. He changes the words, and He changes what we're saying, and He just makes it according to the will of God. So you might be praying, God, help me do this, and that prayer is getting to God as, God, don't help them do that. Or you might be praying, God, you know, in this, in this case, he says, you know, the Spirit helpeth with our infirmities. You might be praying, God, heal me of this cancer, or heal me of this disease, or heal me of this infirmity that I have. And the prayer might be reaching God as, don't heal him of that. You know, and a perfect example is Paul when he said, I besought the Lord thrice um, for this thorn in the flesh. And God said to him, you know, my grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in weakness. And really, you know, so that whole time, those three times before that, that Paul was praying to God, heal me of this, uh, of this thorn in the flesh. It was not the will of God that, that Paul would be healed of that thorn in the flesh. So the, the Holy Spirit was changing that to saying, God, don't heal him. And that's really what the Holy Spirit does, is He helps us speak to God. So the Holy Spirit helps us hear from God, and then the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, helps us to speak to God. And he's called the Comforter. I've talked about this before. But if you think of the word comfort, it has the word fort in it. You know, you think of a fort like a battleground. Like you have a fort that an army will take, and it's a stronghold. It's a place of strength. It's where you can be positioned. And that's what the Comforter does. He comforts you. He gives you, he comes up behind you or beside you and strengthens you and helps you in this time that we are on this earth without the presence of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit comes beside us and helps us. He uh, teaches us the Bible and He helps us speak to God. And He's a great... Uh, you know, a, a great tool that we have uh, to be able to communicate with God through the Comforter. But let me say this, John 16.32, he does a little more about the Comforter. He says, Behold, the hour cometh, yea, is now come, that ye shall be scattered, every man to his own. He shall leave me alone, yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. So now he talks about this, he says, you know, you're all going to leave me. And Jesus says, you're going to leave me alone. But he says this, I'm not alone because the Father is with me. And really we find here, even though he doesn't mention the Comforter, you know, we understand he's been talking about the Comforter the whole chapter, uh, but even though he doesn't mention the Comforter by name, 
we find another attribute of the Holy Ghost, which is the omnipresence of God. I believe the Holy Ghost is the omnipresence of God. The word omnipresence means that God is everywhere at once. And I believe God is everywhere at once through the work of the Holy Spirit. Because if you think about it, the Bible says that God, Jesus is located in a physical place. The Bible says that Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. And in order for Jesus to be at the right hand of the Father, He, Father, he has to be there. And in order for Him to be at the right hand of the Father, the Father has to be there. And, the, and you know, the Bible... We've seen in different places, in Genesis and in different places, where God, you know, made, made himself, uh, you know, pass by so that Moses saw him. Uh, in Exodus, in Genesis, we saw when, when God appeared as a uh, uh, burning furnace and as a flame, you know, as a torch, and he, and he walked through the severed pieces there when Abraham made a, uh, a sacrifice to him. So we, we, you know, the presence of God, I, I believe that God, the Father, is locate you know there there he he has a location. He's not just everywhere, and I and I believe that Jesus obviously has a body. He's located, but I believe the Holy Spirit is what we refer to is he's the omnipresence of God. In Genesis chapter number one and verse two, the Bible says this: "And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep." And the Bible says this: "And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters." So the Bible says that the whole earth was water. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. So I believe there we see a reference to the Spirit of God being the omnipresence of God. He was all over the world. Psalms 139.7 says this. The, David and the psalmist said, Whither shall I go from thy spirit? He asked a question. He said, he said Where am I going to go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. And many people use this verse to talk about the omnipresence of God because he said, look, if I go to heaven, thou art there. If I go to hell, thou art there. But he said, whither shall I go from thy spirit? So David was giving the attribute of the omnipresence of God to the spirit of God. And when Jesus was talking about the comforter, and he gets to verse 32, and he says, Behold, the hour cometh, yea, is now come that you shall be scattered, every man to his own, and shall leave me alone. And yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. And he's saying the Father is with me. But, he, but, he, but the great thing about the comforter is that one day none of us will be alone because the comforter will be in us. He's going to abide in us. The Bible says that he's, at this point he was with us, but he said he shall be in you. And when he says that, he says, you're never going to be alone. You know, and it would transform our lives if we uh, were able to live in a way where we would realize that we're never alone. You know, and I think it's hard for us to get to that place, but we must get to the place where we realize that every day we are not alone. You know, that would help you in so many ways. Number one, if, if you're ever just depressed or down or, or you're struggling, you feel like you know, you don't know, what to do. you feel like you're all alone you can always have the comfort of knowing that the comforter is with you but not only that just to know that you're never alone you know, every time you say something, every time you do something every time you think you're alone the comforter is with you the Holy Ghost is with you, the Bible says this and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God whereby ye are sealed until the day of redemption. The Bible says, quench not the Spirit of God. And I believe sometimes we quench the Spirit of God and sometimes we, we grieve the Spirit of God because we just don't understand that He's with us all the time. Every time we do something, every action we take, every thought we think, everything we do all day long, the Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit and the Comforter is with us. He's with you every day. He sees everything you do.
You know, that's why the psalmist said, you know, whither shall I go from the Spirit of God? If I go up to heaven, behold, you know, thou art there. Uh, if I make my bed in, in hell, behold, thou art there. He said, if I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. And the truth of the matter is, we can't get away from the Comforter. He's always with us. And, and, and He's going to abide with us forever, is what the Bible says. And so we need to just get used to the idea and realize that the Holy Spirit is always with us, no matter where we go. No, if you think nobody's looking, we, if, if we would just realize that we're not alone, the Comforter is with us. And, and, but that's a bl- great blessing too. Whenever you feel alone, whenever you feel scared, whenever you feel like you don't know what to do, just remember the Comforter is with you. You can acknowledge Him at any time. You can talk to Him and talk to God through Him at any time. You can open up a Bible or quote verses or listen to the Bible and let the Holy Spirit speak to you through the Word of God. And it's a great comfort to know that we have the Comforter and the Minister of Comforter. And if you, and if you think about it, it's a great comfort, you know, it's a great lesson to be teaching the disciples right before Jesus dies. In verse 33, he says this, the last verse I'll show you. John 16, 33, he says, These things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. Though in the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And, he, and he's telling them, look, you know, 12 disciples, you're going to be scattered here in a little bit because I'm going to die. And, I, and, and he says, after that, I'm going to be ascended. But don't worry, because when I leave, he says, it's expedient for you. I'm going to send you a comforter, and you're going to be able to. He's going to help you deal with the world. He's going to teach you the Bible. You're going to be able to learn the Bible from him. He's going to speak to you through the word of God, and you're going to be able to speak to him, and you're never going to be alone. You're always going to have the presence of God with you. So, it's just a, a lesson that, the, that Jesus is giving in John 16 in regards to the Holy Spirit and the Comforter who really is going to come beside us and comfort us and strengthen us in our daily life. So, let's bow our heads in our old prayer. Heavenly Father, we love you, Lord, so much. Thank you for our church. Lord, I pray